This is the Adoptive Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. Hello, hello. This is the Adoptive Mom Podcast. My name is Alex Fitton, and I am so excited to be bringing you guys this show every single week. I hope that it blesses your life and your journey as much as it does mine. You can find me on Facebook at Alex Fitton and the Adoptive Mom Podcast and on Instagram at the Adoptive Mom. This is episode 14 of season six, episode 92 in all. And there's just one more episode left in season six, you guys. Uh, Are you as excited as I am for the big finale guest? I can't wait. Y'all, today's episode is just as exciting and heartfelt and inspiring, though, and I'm biased because it's with my mama, Andrea McCurdy. Now, if you are a $7 supporter on Patreon, you're super familiar with her because she co-hosts our premium show all about mom tips and tricks called America's Mom. But if not, you're probably most familiar with her from her episode in the very first season of this show. And in addition to being the world's best mom and wife, she is also an adoption attorney and co-founder of Shared Beginnings, a birth mom support organization. Today's episode is going to feature her sharing a little bit more about her story. And by a little bit, I actually mean a lot of it um, about her story and um, than she's ever shared with us before. And I'll be honest, it's going to ruffle some feathers. I'm really excited. I hope you guys are too. Before we get to that, though, I want to remind you guys that you can support the show and get tangible gifts in return. There are lots of items for sale in the AMP shop, including mugs, tote bags, phone cases, and a lot of t-shirt designs. And that's over at theadoptivemompodcast.com slash shop. My favorite new design is the punch trauma in the face shirt. And I'm a huge fan. I think you will be too. So head over to the store and get your swag and support the show all at the same time. And once again, that's the adoptivemompodcast.com slash shop. Okay, let's jump into my episode with Andrea McCurdy, aka my mom. All right, everyone, welcome to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. And my guest today is someone that is no stranger to the podcast, but she is someone who is going to be telling us some like brand new information, which is really exciting. Um, So with that said, welcome to the podcast, America's mom and mine, Andrea McCurdy. (laughs) Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, of course. I mean, why wouldn't I? (laughs) Uh, So yeah, when we usually do this, we're recording for America's mom over on Patreon, which is a lot more of a laid back conversation where we're like just keeping it to like mom tips and life hacks and stuff like that. So this is obviously a little bit different. It's been a while since we did like some like, you know, soul stuff, right? It is. It's been a while and but we're still in the middle of the coronavirus and uh, quarantine and stuff. But uh, it's a little more. Yeah, the America's mom is all about mom tips. And this is a lot different. Yeah, but I'm excited. I hope you are, too. I think I it's really great because um, what you're going to be sharing with us today is really kind of like becoming your life mission, which is really cool. It's been a it's been cool to be an adult and see that happening happening because I feel like for a lot of people, you know, for my kids included, like I'm living so much of my, you know, my calling or like following my dreams or, you know, just whatever while they're still little. Um, and that's not to say that as I grow up, 
as I grow up, that they <laughs> like I can't do more growing or like do more changing right. or pivoting, obviously. But I, I feel like we've been able to watch you do some really cool stuff, like you know, go to law school and just really, I don't know, do do neat stuff that a lot of kids don't get to watch their moms do. So with that said, maybe for those of us, those of you guys, listeners who have not heard anything about her whatsoever, take a second and just tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, okay. Well, I'm your mom and uh, absolutely, <laughs> I have uh, three kids and four grandkids and uh, two of y'all are married. Mm-hmm. So I've got one that's not been married almost 34 years. And uh, I'm a family law attorney here in town. And you're right, that I went back to law school late, and it was really cool, and it still is really cool to watch God kind of pull you into different seasons of life. Yeah. And so he's taken things out of, you know, everything that he's ever done in my life and everything that I've ever done in my life, I feel like. And he's like, okay, we're going to pull this all together with a bow now, and you're going to use it for my glory. And so it is cool to watch. Yeah. And so, I mean, with that said, I think that getting like this, that's a good pivot into kind of the meat of why you're back on the show. So if back in season one, you were on the show to really just talk about being a grandparent to adopted kids. And that was a really great episode. A lot of people were able to share that with their support systems and their their families and stuff like that. And so you've been able to minister in that. Um, but then since then... And I don't know what, you know, our story or journey or you doing that episode or just whatever has had to do with that. But a lot has kind of like changed for you internally, not externally, but internally. So I'm really excited to have you tell us about that. So like I said, you have already shared your your kind of like snapshot of your life journey almost through the lens of our adoption journey. But what we're doing today or what you're doing today is it's kind of filling in the gaps of what you, what you didn't tell us back then. Um, what you didn't tell me until after that. And so kind of walk us through like your, you know, like I said, fill in those gaps for us, walk us back through your life journey. Um, with all this new information that God's kind of put on your heart to start sharing and ministering through. Well, I think you're right. God's bringing all this kind of together, and it does fill in the gaps. I mean, kind of for me, too. I mean, I can look back now and say, you know, watching you become so passionate about adoption, and, you know, that was not something that God ever put on our hearts to adopt, to grow our family through adoption. But it was really cool to watch that passion and you become stronger and stronger. But God definitely laid in my heart the passion for birth moms, you know, placing their children for adoption, and basically just women who were strong enough to choose the sanctity of life. And so that passion really, God kind of got a hold of me in church one day and and, and really just kind of told me that's what he was going to do. And then he kind of flashed through my mind everything that he's ever done in my life to this point. So I knew he was serious. I knew that I knew he was going to do what he said he was going to do. But um, I didn't know what that was going to look like that day. And so um, we started, you connected me with several of your friends and who were in the adoption world. And I had worked with adoption in my law practice. So I was very familiar with the process and the moms that I dealt with that um, at that time, I had become convinced that they really did not know what they were doing when they signed a consent for adoption in some circumstances. And that really started weighing heavy on my heart that these women had chosen life, but 
did they really want to place their babies for adoption or did they understand what they were doing? So I really had a passion to somehow have an organization that supported them and helped them understand the process to make sure that that's what uh, was on their heart. And um, through that was been two and a half years, I guess. And we've just watched that kind of develop and, and grow. And through that process, God just really started pulling out of me just what I had buried and swept under the carpet and compartmentalized because I can do that because I'm an Enneagram six and I do that very well. So I'd gone through how long, 30 years, 35 years, I guess, um, more than that, of just uh, sweeping under the rug the fact that I had been in that position and had did not choose life. And uh, that was, I was in college and I had an abortion and God really started just waking that up again in me. And I really struggled with thinking, I don't want to do this. I don't want to deal with this again. And then I started realizing how much I hadn't dealt with it. And I hadn't told anybody. Dad knows. A couple of my friends knew. But I hadn't told you guys. And so God quickly showed me that he was going to take me down this road to support adoptive or support birth parents or birth moms walking through an adoption journey. But the passion was coming from the fact that they chose their choosing life. And so anyways, like I said, it's been two and a half years. We started um, Shared Beginnings, and which is an organization that supports birth moms making that adoption journey, or some of them realize how strong they are and that they can parent, and that's fine too. We support them as well. Um, but uh, overall, we celebrate the, celebrate them and the fact that they chose life. So in the past two and a half years, God has helped me just wrestle with the idea of what I, you know, that I, I'm just going to say it really bluntly that I killed a baby and it was all legal and it was cheap and quick and legal. And I just still cannot believe how easy it was to, to, to do that. And uh, like I said, I did a really good job of compartmentalizing that and, um, and it's been a kind of a hard two and a half years to learn how to walk through God's grace. I had already asked for forgiveness. I knew He forgave me. There's not a day that, that goes by that I don't think about that in some sense. But to walk in God's grace is um, has, is becoming a new thing. It's becoming the new normal for me to be okay with saying that. Yeah. And so, you know, just to just to... Go back there. You know, I have so many things I want to ask you about. Um, but first of all, like, do you mind just telling us, telling us your your why for back then and just what that process looked like? Because I think that for a lot of us, um, I don't know, we don't we don't know, and we want to understand. And I'm talking about you know adoptive moms or just moms in general who who have not been in that situation and. I think that it's important to have that conversation, like what you said about how easy that was, um, how quick and, you know, I don't know, like kind of just a snap decision. You're like, oh, this is what you do. And it never, you know, adoption never occurred to you or why didn't it occur to you? So kind of walk us through that. Um, I think probably it goes back even further than that, that I had 
kind of surrounded myself in college with people that were not were not Christians, were not uh, did not value the sanctity of life. Um, kind of people that I had grown up in a Christian home, but I surrounded myself with some people who had not, and um, obviously made some bad choices. And the people that I surrounded myself with were just immediately the first ones to say, well, hey, I know a good clinic that can take care of that. And I didn't have much time to think about it. I was, look, I'm still shocked at how quickly that could happen and how matter-of-fact that doctor was that I saw and said, come back tomorrow and we can do this. And... um like I said, it, I just cannot believe there wasn't even much time to think about it. Not once did anybody ask me, why don't you consider adoption? Or if there was an organization here like Shared Beginnings that would that would take me in and be my support system, I'd like to think that I would have made a different choice. But I didn't have any of those people in my life at the time. I had a lot of good friends, a lot of good support system that way, but nobody that um, could help me really think through it from a different point of view. Uh, it did cross my mind that how could I ever do this nine months without ever going home? And if I went home, I would be such a disappointment to my family, I knew. We have a really close family. I never doubted that I was loved by all my family, but the idea of disappointing them we didn't have that kind of relationship where I thought that was an option at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'd like to think that if I had somebody that said, hey, we'll be your family up here. We'll, I was six hours away from, from my home. And so I'd like to think that there was an organization that said, you know what, we'll support you, we'll help you. You'll have people you know, who love on you here and will be in your corner. I'd like to think that I would have chosen differently. Yeah. And so, like, uh, thank you for sharing that, first of all. And that, that kind of brings us to, like, like I said, we recorded the fir- your first episode of this podcast back in season one, and that was 2000, I guess, 17. Yeah. I guess so. And so, <laughs> forget when my own podcast started. <laughs> it seems like it's been forever ago. <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, feels like 10 years ago. So we're still in quarantine as we record this. But um, all that to say, you know, I didn't know at that point. And, you know, we said right. things like, I don't know where this passion for adoption came from. That's so weird. Ha ha. And like, I don't even know that you were aware of that. I mean, you might have been at that point. But, you know, growing up, um, I don't know. You had a lot of like painful reminders that I've learned about now uh, including when we moved back here. And, um, I say when we moved back here because, so my alma mater is the university of Arkansas, which is where both of my parents went as well. Um, but we have lived in lots of places since they went to college here and then we ended up back here. And so that's kind of a, just an, just an interesting thing. And so you had this visual reminder constantly every time you went to school, of the place that you, you know, you had your procedure done and, um, that, that doctor was still practicing and like just little things like that, that were, that were hard for you. And, um, and then my passion for adoption. And then when we adopted and then, um, you started shared beginnings before 
you actually came out about your, your story and your past. What was that like? Like that's, that's a lot of heavy stuff without being open about, about your why. Um, I think that you're right. I never, never in my wildest dreams did I think God would put us back here where I had to deal with it Mm -hmm. and driving down that same street almost every day or at least two or three days a week. There's, I mean, there's not, there's not a a day that goes by that I don't pass that building and think about it. Um, He's passed away since then, but I mean, Mm -hmm. he was known for the abortion doctor and he had all the picketers in front of his building and I hadn't shared that with anybody else but dad and um, so yeah, it was really hard, but you know, God gave me this personality, this Enneagram six personality that makes me be able to put it in a box for a little bit where I don't have to tell somebody, but I can deal with it. And, and in my mind, the process is, I know I'm forgiven for that and I can put it away. It happened years ago. So for God to bring this back, uh, it's been, again, I've just had to learn how to walk in His grace, but part of that was knowing that He was big enough to give me the grace to tell y'all. Yeah. Well, and, and you had described it back when you did tell me that when you left church that day that you were talking about, you you talked about that earlier, um, mm-hmm. you know, in this conversation, just that that God told you, that's mine too. That story is mine too, and right. I'm going to use it for my glory. And like, that is chills inducing. It was, and and when I stood up and walked out of church that day, I thought, I I had a million thoughts going through my head, but I thought, I don't have to tell anybody. You can use that, and I can, can, you know, pray about this and seek your will and your guidance and what you want me to do with this, but I know that's in my heart, and okay, you can use that, but I don't have to tell anybody about it. And so it wasn't shortly, it was shortly after um, Michelle and I and Josh and we all started shared beginnings. And shortly after that, I realized that for me to truly give God the glory for that, I felt like I was pretending and living a lie because I wasn't an adoptive mom. I had not been adopted. So where was my passion coming from? I had to be able to share that with other people. And I, I before I did that, I had to share it with y'all. Yeah. Man, like, and, and it's so, it's, I mean, it's funny. It's not funny. Like, I feel like that's a weird thing to say, but it's funny to think that even since then, I feel like God has continually, even right now said, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet because you told me. And then two years later, you had to tell my siblings and then you recorded a podcast. That's not this one telling your story. And then randomly you were asked by your church to speak twice in one month to share your story. And like, it's just, things just keep on happening where God is pulling you up to bat to say, you have to share this. Right. And it's, yeah. And you're right. I guess I can't, I don't know that it'll ever be easy, but I know God keeps reminding me of everything that he's done and all the different things, all the different, I want to say miracles, but you know, all the different ways he's shown himself mm-hmm. in every little thing throughout my life. And so I have to trust him with this too. Yeah. Cause it is too, it is his, if he forgives us or something for something, he promises to throw it away. He promises that it is as deep as the ocean, you know, as far as the East is from the West, but it's still his, we're still his. And so if he wants to use part of our life. We have to open that to him. If we refuse to walk in that grace, then think about how he could have used that and we're the ones that would stifle it. So that's not an option. 
but it didn't make it easy sometimes. Yeah. So, okay. I want I have two directions I want to go here. So I'm going to just like <laughs> pick one at random. So first of all, I want to know, you know, there's something that I have always said since before this situation or like this, you know, story came forward, but I've always said, um, that Satan can do whatever he wants in the dark. He can tell you whatever he wants there when things are a secret. Um, and you know, I can't tell you how many times that I've questioned the things that I have said to you before I knew and how that hit you or how that landed on you. And, um, and you've assured me that I never hurt you or offended you, but I think about the thing where I'm like, people shouldn't keep secrets because Satan can do anything he wants there. And like, that just didn't land on you. But how talk to us about the freeing journey that has come to you through sharing your story and becoming more open and using it for God's glory. Uh, what's the difference between having something like that in the dark versus now? Um, I think probably the biggest thing, there were times that I felt like I was living a lie and we had to, dad and I had to, had, we had to make the decision that you guys did, it, it was not necessarily something that we had to share with you at a certain age or anything like that. You know, there's that old, you know, story about, you know, a girl that wanted to carry her dad's suitcase and it was too heavy. And that's where I kept going back to that in my mind that, you know, some things you just can't handle. Um, as a child, why would we think that that was something we should share with you? But then other thing, other times as y'all got older, and I didn't want, I was afraid of y'all thinking that I had led this life that was great and not made bad decisions. And that, that was really hard. That was really hard to feel like I was living a lie. But there was not any part during that time that I felt God telling me, now's the time to share that. And so um, it wasn't like I, I told, you know, I refused to do it when God told me to. It was just... It was hard, but I never felt that it was the right time until until when we started shared beginnings. And what what were you afraid of back there? Um, I was afraid of of disappointing y'all, or letting of y'all seeing that I had made the same bad choices that I was telling you not to make. Mm. And the other side of that is is people in my position that would share with you, "This is what can happen, so don't make these choices." But I didn't feel that that was the way my story was supposed to go. Um, but I will tell you, I, now I can feel the weight, what a heavy weight it has been for 30-something years. It's, um, you know, when I said it was easy before, it was easy to get it done. Within 48 hours, it was done. And like I said, it was cheap, quick. You know, everybody acted like it was no big deal. But... Like I said, there's never been a day that goes by that it doesn't cross my mind sometimes. So that part wasn't easy. I mean, it's, it's, um, people can make it sound like it's easy and, um, and it's just done and you're done with it, but that's not the case. There's not a day that goes by that it doesn't filter through your mind somehow. And so to be able to release that and walk in God's grace and not be afraid of that anymore has been just a million pounds off my shoulders. Man. And that, I mean, that's so heavy and I can't imagine carrying that around. And I think that, 
um, oddly enough, all three of your kids had the same reaction, which was more like concern for you, um, that you've had to carry this around, that you've had to keep this, you know, skeleton in your closet, so to speak. But tell me about, um, tell me about God's goodness and grace in the way that it was received. And I am not just trying, I'm not, I'm not just talking about your three kids. Like I'm not asking for, you know, a pat on the back or whatever, (laughs) but I just mean the way that it's been received by, like I said, I mean, you've now, it was like a flood. It was like, as soon as you felt that God was saying, okay, now it's time to share it with everyone. It was like it within a few months, it feels like that's like your soapbox now, which is really cool. So maybe tell me about some of those, like some of those, uh, I guess like just sweet surprises that God has sent you of like, this is why you didn't have to be afraid, Andrea. Yeah. (laughs) I think the biggest thing was, was of course telling you, and but I knew that you couldn't your help with starting shared beginnings. I couldn't not tell you where the passion was coming from, and uh, and your reaction. And then later, I told Cameron, and then Sierra. I think one right after the other the next day, and then um, I told our my sister in law and Kim. Um, but the reaction from the three of y'all in completely separate circumstances was exactly the same. And it was, well, first of all, mom, we don't think any less of you. And that was, I, I just gives me chills now to say that because it was God saying, what were you afraid of? You know? And, um, but to have you, all three of you say the exact same thing, I was just like, why would I doubt God that you would say anything different? But I did. It was it was scary. And my question to y'all was that I wouldn't share this with anybody else except within shared beginnings if y'all didn't want me to. If it was going to be a source of embarrassment for y'all or anything like that. And all three of y'all saying the exact same thing. I was just like, why would I have doubted that? But anyway, you know, Second Timothy, God tells us that not he doesn't give us a spirit of fear. He gives us a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. And sometimes I look back thinking, why are we afraid of anything? Because that's not from God. But the fear of of exposing myself, you know, mm-hmm. to to my, even my own family is it's a heavy fear. And so every day is again is learning how to walk in His grace because He's the one that's got to do it. Yeah. Ah, it's just, it's just, it gives me chills hearing it every time. And I've heard you tell your story several times now. And, um, I've had the joy of being able to be there when women say things like me too, to you. Yeah. Um, which is so sweet and special that you at your age (laughs) are able to inspire women who are older than you, who have buried the same secret for more years and are now like, if Andrea can do it, then I can too. And, or just saying like, you know, wow, like, where do I write, where do I send the check to share, you know, to share beginnings or to your cause or whatever. So I guess like my next question is what, what is next? Where do you see God taking you next? And I know that, um, so far God has spoken to you. And then like the next day it's like come to fruition. I know. <laughs> so, what do you think is, what do you, what do you think is next for your story? 
I, I can't even speculate except just to say that, you know, it's not something that I share every day. And I don't, I, you know, I don't even work with the birth moms that share beginnings every day because I still have my law practice. And, um, and now I'm not even not, you know, not in the same building. Share beginnings has grown so much that I had to move, you know, out of that building and let them have more space. And which is just such an amazing thing. But it's when we have a birth mom come in there and we can celebrate her for choosing life. That's when I can share with her that that is something to celebrate. We have people who have chosen life and placed their children for adoption, or like I said, realize that they could, they could parent, you know, that child and that was their desire. And just to be able to, to come from a place and say, it's no easy decision that you've chosen life. That is something to celebrate hugely And it's a little bit hard because I wish I had been that strong, but I'm so thankful to be part of an organization now that provides the support that there was no, there was nothing like that up here at the time. And um, so I just hope that God can use that uh, when we have moms come in that are undecided. And we have had, we have had um, birth moms contact us that in fact, one of them had an appointment for an abortion the next day, and she just gave birth to that child about two months ago. She chose oh life. Gosh, you're gonna. Be, I didn't like. I've not heard that yet, and so like, <sighs> yeah. Man. And she chose to parent that child. She didn't come through shared beginnings, but she contacted us and just, um, you know, just she had she did have some support other outside of shared beginnings, and that that was fine. We let her know we were there for her. But um, the fact that she chose life, you know, and that's something that I could discuss with her. Um, so everybody has a different journey, and God's doing work in everybody's life in different ways. And I will tell you, this has taught me not to judge anybody mm-hmm. for anything, because the decisions we make day to day, you don't know their circumstances, you don't know the pressure they've had, or even the lack of support that they've had. They may not see a way out of making a bad decision. Or they just may be naive and not think about it, you know, and I'm not talking about just getting pregnant. I'm talking about every decision in life. So releasing this weight and walking in God's grace through it and allowing him to turn it for me to turn that story over to him has really helped me not judge other people for any of their decisions. Yeah, man. And so, you know, I'll ask you in a little bit what you want to hand to adoptive moms, but for anyone listening who has either already been through what you went through or is in a situation right now where they're making a decision, what do you want to hand to them? Just I'll hold your hand. I'll fly fly anywhere in the country and hold your hand if I need to, to let you know how much God loves you and how much God can use your circumstances. But he's I mean, he tells us to choose life and Every child created is he has a plan for, he has a purpose for. There's not any situation, it's my belief, there's not any situation that God can't use for his glory with the birth of a child. But just again, I didn't have somebody holding my hand, and I wish that I had, and I will be that person to anybody who needs it. I can give my email, they can contact me wherever you are. Yes. Well, and I mean, of course, in the show notes, I always post social media handles and just ways to contact my guests. But um, if you're in the adoptive mom community on Facebook, so is my mom. 
And right. you can, of course, catch practical tips with her in any way. But, uh, I mean, on Patreon, excuse me. But right now, do you mind answering some of these closing questions that you've already sure. answered, but now with new information? <laughs> okay. I'll try. held back last time. Now you're not allowed to do that. Uh, okay. What do you wish you had known at the beginning of this journey? The beginning of this what journey? The beginning like, like way back thirty years ago. Year old Andrea, <laughs> what do you wish you had known? I wish I'd known that the foundations that my family gave me by raising me in a Christian home carried on through the rest of my life. Just because you move away doesn't mean that those foundations stay. And I guess I'd just never been away, and I wish I had been stronger to stand in 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 my faith that I'd grown up. I knew I knew everything about God. I knew that he was with me, but I wish I'd been strong enough to stand in that. Yeah. Well, and okay, so the next question is very silly. It's what do you wish you had done differently? <laughs> um, so aside from the obvious, what do you, like maybe more specifically, what do you wish you had done differently? <laughs> I wish I had come to college and gotten involved in church and surrounded myself with uh, fellow believers that didn't live the lifestyle that I fell into. Mm. Okay. Oh, that was like a good on the fly answer. And I guess that uh, that comes to why we told you guys we'll pay for your college if you live at home and yeah, and go to school because we thought that that was more stable than throwing you out to live in a dorm or join a sorority or fraternity. But I mean, that was your choice. We didn't tell you necessarily you couldn't do that, but that we just thought that your and education. Don't at her. She's not saying you're bad if you did that. Not at all. Some, <laughs> absolutely not. Some people. I mean, that's just their journey, and a lot of people have a firm belief. But I will tell you that my experience and my bad choices played into that 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 offering of hey, stay home. We live 30 minutes from campus, and you can stay family oriented and still get your education. Sure. Um, okay. So. My next question is always how, um, how has your tribe supported you? And I think that, um, I, I more mean now, like how has your tribe supported you in coming forward with all of this? Like I said, I mean, everybody that I've, that I've talked to has been so supportive. I haven't had anybody, of course. I mean, I'll say of course, because I'm trusting God with this, but I haven't had anybody that, that said, man, I can't believe you did that. That's, that was awful. You know, um, I don't feel judged. And so I, and from that standpoint, I feel very supported And you and Alex and I mean, Cameron and Sierra have done an amazing job of being just so supportive in letting God use this story. Yeah. I mean, obviously like you've been able to change lives just in the past, like four months. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. How to, but how, how have you maybe felt? uh, Maybe I could ask this in a different way. How could you maybe imagine that you would feel, um, unsupported like what what would be the worst thing people could say to you um probably that there's so many millions of abortions that go on um it doesn't make it any less every child that's killed is still in my opinion and i think from God's word. I mean, it's just a murder. It's killing a baby. And um, I think that would be the worst thing for people to minimize what that is because it's common. Just because it's common doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. But I've not had, I've not had that reaction 
to the groups that I've spoken to to this point. And like I said, even if it's one life changed that comes into shared beginnings or comes into my office, it's one that one life is worth it. Yeah. I mean, that's a powerful statement. So absolutely. Um, okay. So at the end of the day, what do you want to hand to adoptive moms, um, in better understanding the choice that their child's birth mom has made? It takes a lot of strength and a lot of courage. And, um, every time I watch an adoption and watch, um, these moms that have made that choice that, I mean, the act of placing your child for adoption is, is such a selfless act to know that, that you're not in a position necessarily to parent that child at that time. And you give that child a better opportunity. Um, that's amazing. But the fact that you have a birth mom willing to go nine months of pregnancy, go through labor and deliver that child is such an act of courage. And I hope every adoptive mom understands that and can appreciate that, um, that journey. A hundred million percent, man. Like I know I was raised in the, I say raised like a few years in the Baptist church. <laughs> and then after that, we didn't say things like, amen. But I really, <laughs> really want to say amen. <laughs> right. Um, uh, just so many powerful statements. And I'm just really appreciative um, for you sharing your story. And honestly, it's been such a privilege to be able to walk beside you as like, God is holding your feet to the freaking fire. Like yep. it's been really, really such an honor to be able to walk that with you. Um, cause man, like I said, a lot of kids don't get to watch their mom's lives be changed <laughs> the way yours is. Well, you know, I couldn't, I mean, honestly, I could not have that done it without your support a thousand percent. And, um, like, I mean, I'll go back again to the three of you telling me the same thing. And I don't know why I doubted it would be different, but, but, and I think, you know, for me to say, I won't share this if it would embarrass you or if um, it would bring shame to you in any way that your mom had made these choices. But um, like I said, I shouldn't have doubted God because he had already told me he was going to use this, but um, it, it's, I couldn't have done it without your support. And um, it's just been amazing. I think God knew that, that I had to have my tribe behind me before I could be strong enough to share this. So cool. All right. Well, we um, are about to go have a much lighter conversation <laughs> over on Patreon. Um, and then we'll be back next week for the season finale, you guys. Like, ah, that's so crazy. Season six finale. It's insane. Okay. Thanks, Mom. Thanks for having me. so much for listening to the adoptive mom podcast i hope you found encouragement here i need you to know that you are enough and you're doing a great job we are all in this together and i am over here cheering you on don't forget to check out show notes for this episode and other resources at the adoptive mom thanks for joining us